0: In the daily gospel reading which we just heard, Jesus makes a statement which, if we understand it in its context, is pretty amazingly controversial and radical. He, he made a lot of such statements, but I, I want to particularly draw our attention to what he said about the centurion to the Jews, to his own people. if we think about it in its historical context, it's an amazing statement. It's something akin to saying to a Black Lives Matter protester about a particular police officer who has been uh, enforcing the law during the riots that this man is more spiritual than anyone I've seen in any of the Black Lives Matter movement. And Jesus said this about the centurion to his own people. And you got you to remember, the Roman Empire was established by conquest. And the people who were conquered, especially the Jews, really, really didn't like it. They did not like the Romans at all. Now, there is some context for this that we don't get in Matthew's Gospel. But I wanted to put it in these most stark possible terms because I think that we can learn from this in our own time and place, in our own society, which is so divided by anything even remotely political, which is a tragedy because we as human beings are political animals by nature. We notice this as soon as, Our ability to get together was taken away from us. We need one another. We're social creatures. We were made not to be alone. And so it's important that we figure out how to live together with one another and love one another. And this is a big chunk of what the gospel is all about. So I think it's important for us to consider what can we learn from how the gospel writers present the centurion here because i mean jesus was god so of course he could see the centurion's heart he could see the great and amazing faith of the centurion but it, but the gospel writers present this in a way that makes it gives us a, a few clues as to how maybe we can see We, too, can see past the politics and see the human being that we are interacting with. The first starting point is we find right in the Gospel of Matthew. The centurion has a servant, a slave, actually, if you read the Gospel of Luke uh Matthew uses a, a a word that can is a bit ambiguous in the Greek it could be a servant or a slave uh, Luke is Luke the word Luke uses is less ambiguous it's a slave So here he is he's a slave owner interesting Jesus doesn't call him out for being a slave owner doesn't in any way rebuke him in fact he 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 praises him not because Jesus was particularly fond of the institution of the human institution of slavery I'm sure But that's not his focus here. So the centurion has the slave and he sees that he is suffering terribly. And this is even part of his message to Jesus, that I have this servant who is suffering terribly. Please come and heal him. And so the first thing that we see about the centurion right here in the Gospel of Matthew is that he cares for his servant. He has empathy for his servant, his slave. He cares about him not as a piece of property, but as a human being. He sees his suffering. He wants it to end. He is, in fact, valuable to him. Luke uses the word "precious" uh, to to him, and so he goes makes this um, this this takes this fairly significant step of. Going to this Jewish rabbi who is known to be a miracle worker, sending word to him, in fact, as the Gospel of Luke makes clear, uh, via the elders of the people, because this is the second bit that we that we get from the gospel presentation. Uh, This all takes place within a context, a situation. But he, he he takes he takes the he takes the time to send word to Jesus. And he says to him, my servant is suffering. He recognizes the common humanity that he shares with the slave who under the law is could be to him just a piece of property. But he isn't. So he's a man of empathy, a man of compassion. The second thing is this: this, this context. Every single one of us, finds ourselves in a situation, in a context, in a, 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 a way of life that is mandated to us by our circumstances, which we do not choose. The centurion wasn't the one who chose to go and invade Israel. The centurion was just there to do his job, except he did a little more than that. He actually loved the people that, He was in a position where he had to keep the peace over. He cared about them, too. So much so that he he actually funded the synagogue that was in that area. He funded the building of their church, essentially. And so the second thing that we then need to take away from this is that this was... That there is a situation for everything that we do, everything that we are able to do. And the gospel writers present us with that situation. This, This situation is always constraining. There are certain things that we can't do, that we can't say because of our workplace or because of requirements or because of the economy or because of how much money we have or don't have or because of whatever. The context actually is significant, but it's nowhere near as important as what we do within that context. And the third, and probably the most important thing, is what he actually says. What he says when he then sends the second message to Jesus, say, actually, you know what? I'm not really worthy for you to come under the roof of my house. But I'm a man under authority. (laughs) His context. But I have people under authority. And I say to this one, go and do this. And he does it. And I say to my servant, go and do that. And he does it. So just speak the word and my servant will be healed. You don't even have to come. And it's when Jesus sees the truth that the centurion understands and that this centurion who is you know he's roman he he's presumably not brought up in the jewish faith he may, may or may not be a monotheist but he has some uh, he has grasped a really significant and important truth about authority and it's when jesus sees this that he says behold I have not found anyone with such great faith, not even in Israel. So what do we do with this? We're thankfully not, in, however horribly polarized and politicized our society is, we're thankfully not in a situation which is quite as horrible or desperate as the Israelites found themselves under the oppression of the Romans. But this is our context. It's a different one. This is our situation. We need to figure out how to see past the politics which divide us. And so we need to do the same thing. Look for the same things that we just saw in this gospel. We need to look for people of compassion, people who are empathetic, who understand, and look for the compassion that is motivating them, perhaps even to take a political stand that might be entirely opposite of what we would want them to take. But if there's that empathy, that compassion that is at the root of it. And to be fair, not all political stances are motivated by compassion. Not all people are compassionate or empathetic. There is evil out there. Not saying that we should call evil good. As Christians, we recognize evil and call it out for what it is. But it is absolutely essential That as we engage in any kind of dialogue with anyone, we look for that empathy. We look for that compassion that is, that, that is hopefully at the root of what, who they are and what they are doing. And that motivates their actions. The second thing to consider is context, situation. Where is the person that we are dialoguing with coming from? What is their situation in life? What constraints are on them? What is their background? What might be their blind spots as a result of their background or their, or their system of belief? And then the question is, because of course it's not all just situational, the question is, what are they doing within that context? What are they doing within that situation, which is ultimately what defines who they are, who we are? For that matter and then finally and most importantly we need to look for whatever they are saying or doing that is true so often our focus is on error it's our job there's people out there on the internet who are wrong it's my job to correct them it's so often our our, our feeling right uh like the xkcd comic Uh, But but there's also people out there who are right. People who who care about others. Who may not have everything right. Who knows whether the centurion was even a monotheist or not. But if they have something right that is deeply true, it is absolutely essential that we acknowledge that that we connect with that, that we allow that to unite us and to become something which we can praise and honor and recognize over and against those things that divide us. This is absolutely critical for us as the church, because the church is a hospital. It is full of people who are sick and broken. It is full of the people who have recognized that, who recognize that they are in need of a doctor, in need of healing. And that means that we ourselves are coming from all different parts of the political spectrum. We're coming from all different backgrounds. There's all sorts of things which have the potential to divide us. So it's all that much more important that we recognise one another's situations, one another's contexts, that we look for the empathy, the compassion that is there behind what we are doing, what we are what, what we are what we care about, those things that we care about. And that we look for what is true in what the other person says and highlight and focus on and praise and honor that. If we do that, we will be following the example of our teacher, our Lord, our master. And we will be able to recognize those who are with us and not against us. And recognize, recognizing that, we can work with them. We can work to understand them. We can work to be united with one another in our common work of empathy, of doing good in whatever context God has given us, and of seeking and speaking the truth in love to his glory, the glory of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, now and ever unto ages of ages. Amen.